the memorable part wasn't the fact that I was able to reach the summit honestly. Hmm? The feeling was euphoric. Yeah, 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 I wish. But it wasn't the memorable part. Mm-hmm. What the memorable part was <laughs> the crazy things that I did along the way. <laughs> the crazy, a lot of crazy things. For example, yeah. um, I miss, uh, I miss the bus. <laughs> that was crazy. I thought I'm not going to reach to that particular mm-hmm. site. But thankfully, I was able to catch a private, um, I think it was a private um, vehicle wherein I just pay an extra amount just to go there yeah. because I was late. And then um, the, the, the second one would be, I thought I was going to die. Why? <laughs> because um, this was not because of the summit, uh-huh. because there was a deadline. In order uh-huh. for me to the the, the 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 routine for the climb is as soon as you reach the Labandrata or the base camp, mm-hmm. early morning around 2 a.m. you're going to hike, going to the summit. There's a cutoff that you will be able to reach before 5 a.m. because they're going to close the gate. If you're going to reach in that gate, yeah. um, you will not be able to go to the summit. Yes. I was in a hurry of going to that gate because that's my goal. I need to go to enter that gate so that it will be easier for me to go to the summit. It won't be an issue. I was close to like 15 minutes before it closed. Mm-hmm. Like 5, 5 o'clock, 5.30 if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. it was really close because I thought I was going to die. That's a clip from our guest, Carl, where he shares his adventure of climbing to the summit of Kota Kinabalu in Malaysia. Carl's story traverses through his growth as a family breadwinner, financial literacy, quality relationships, and traveling. Without further ado, here's the full episode with your host, Edward Illustrissimo. Uh, this is Edward, once again, for Dreamcatcher. And today, we have a special guest. Uh, apparently, I found him online. and I found him online traveling. I think he climbed Kinabalu. Did you climb Kinabalu? Was it Kinabalu? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, yeah, so. I was in Malaysia. Yeah. yeah, so our guest for today, his name is Carl. And he was a neighbor of mine in in Tacloban City. Uh, it's kind of curious, kind of interesting how we met. Because uh, in the Philippines, uh, we usually cook some things with, you know, with coconut, coconut milk. And <laughs> one day, yeah, we cook dishes with coconut milk kind of kind of exotic so one day i was asked by my aunt to buy this coconut milk so you go to this sari sari stores and eventually i ended up in the sari sari store it's a convenience store of, of carl's family and there i met him so we started our acquaintance with coconuts <laughs> interesting but then yeah so later on i followed not really followed him as i wasn't stalking him but he was popping on social media going here and there and eventually in 2020 uh he invited me for this um event online called travelers in lockdown so we started talking about you know how it feels like being a traveler during a lockdown and i remembered him and i wanted him to be in Dreamcatcher because i think he has some stories that are quite interesting also for dream catchers like you and me 
So without uh, further ado, here's Carl. Hey, good up, good morning, good evening, everyone, and to those who are listening, I appreciate your time, and uh, I just want to say thank you, Edward, for inviting me. So um, when you when you actually asked me to jump into this podcast and the topic was Dreamcatcher, my first idea was which among those dreams that I've catch or I intend to catch in the future would, la- would I would like to share. So I'm excited in the next couple of minutes, perhaps, that um, I'll be sharing some of my experiences, insights, and where mm-hmm. am I re- right now. And uh, what are those dreams, perhaps, that I can share that I've already catch or in the state of catching. So <laughs> I think... Also, it's 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 nice to share those things that we've able to probably cross path, right? Trying to recall or yeah, yeah, yeah. those childhood that how did we interact? So it's just funny. I never yeah. never thought that we will have this type of collaboration or sharing of ideas because normally we're just neighbors, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just exchanging something or buying stuff from my from our store. So yeah, and then. After years passed, um, we, we are here. We're actually exchanging our thoughts now. So mm. something to look forward. Well, again, thank you. So yes. <laughs> what would be the first question that you will be asking uh, so we can start? Very simple. Uh, I guess every now and then when I have guests, I would always go back to the root of all of this, you know, vagabonding, dream catching kind of journey. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I'd, I'd like to ask initially, um, when you were a kid, what did you envision to become? And what were your influences? What was your environment that shaped all of these dreams? So you, you paint us a picture of who you are when you were like a kid. Who am I as a kid? I'm trying <laughs> to recall, right? But um, let me just try to share my family dynamics. So I grew up right. with a, some sort of matriarchal. So mm-hmm. most of the decisions are coming up from my mom. Mm-hmm. And we have a small business. I think that's the reason why we met. For some reason, you're buying some stuff from from our store. Second is um, my my childhood was really simple um, in our place in our neighborhood. Mm. Um, it's something that I am really safe, I would say. And then most of I'm trying to recall as vivid as possible my experiences because. It's actually connected with my relationship with my family because the the relationship is really close as far as most of my decisions are coming up from my parents, specifically mm-hmm. from my mom. So whenever I do things, I need to ask permission from them, mm-hmm. from my mom. And then even when I chose my college degree, so it was strongly influenced by my parents. Mm-hmm. And... Um, by the way, I'm also a I'm I'm a licensed nurse, and I haven't practiced it, mm-hmm. but it was just for the part of obeying the request of my mom to finish it. But if you're going to ask me, what was those dream, childhood childhood dreams? Normally, I I I recall I used to be I used to be a writer um, in our high school late high. I don't know if you if you try to recall that. Um, Interesting. It turned out that it turned out that I 
I was part of the editorial team as well as the feature team. So ah, I, recall, yes. I recall that I, w I used to write these dreams. It was more about flying. flying. For some reason, I, I'm enjoying flying. I, mm -hmm. I, I've always wanted to be part of, of the aviation industry. It was really weird, just the idea of flying. Um, perhaps aviation or being an astronaut. The idea of flying or floating, mm -hmm. it was in, it was an enjoyable experience that mm -hmm. I I would like to experience. And I, I wrote that because mm -hmm. it was part of my my past. Actually, I wrote some feature stories, so that was quite controversial because it was more about um, connected to some social mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. But I, I I don't want to dwell on that part. But I want to focus more about the flying factor and uh -huh. where is it connected now, uh -huh. um, in my in my current state of I'm mean, in my yes. journey. Yeah. So basically, that's it. Um, I I normally watch cartoons, so most of the uh -huh. time I'm I'm at home. Um, I'm an indoor type person. Mm -hmm. I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. So I grew up more comfortable staying at home um, in mm -hmm. my own room. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a lazy person. So <laughs> most of the time I, I'm just watching TV. And then I, I really, I really study, but every time I, I need to focus on something, I have to because uh -huh. my, my parents are were strict. So mm -hmm. I need to meet some, some school grades. So that's mm -hmm. that type of environment that I was. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward when I graduated um, in college, mm -hmm. there was a something happened that I had to be responsible for a lot of things. So that, mm. that would be really interesting because growing up, being a person who is dependent to your family, yes. right? I, I think everyone has been dependent growing up, right? Because um, they they normally mold our decisions, right? But the mm -hmm. the, the situation that where I am in, for for some mm -hmm. reason, because it was a matriarchal type of structure of family, it wasn't passed on. The decision were passed on to my dad, but it was passed on to me when my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. So that was really a turning point for the reason that I make decisions out of my emotions, out mm -hmm. of practicality for survival being just to survive right so it was it was really i would say a challenging part from a comfort mm -hmm. level life moving mm -hmm. to a moving to an environment where you make decisions not only for yourself but for the entirety of the family in order for you to survive at the same time how mm -hmm. how are you heading or where are you heading so i took care of my younger sibling as young as not mistaken i think she was on grade six that time when my mom passed away mm -hmm. and i already graduated so this conversation i would i don't want to sound this dramatic honestly but i just want to mm -hmm. state some facts of what had happened in my life um, mm -hmm. during that time i recall it that would be 12 years ago yes so that would be the turning point so overall going back overall it was more of a simple Mm -hmm. family dependent
Vince decision, mm-hmm. trying to be a responsible son at the same time, doing mm-hmm. the chores, household chores. Mm-hmm. Sometimes lazy, sometimes stubborn, but most mm-hmm. of the time you, you ensure that the welfare of the family is the goal. Of, I mean, it's not really um, you you are you're aware about the goals in life, right? But my intention was always follow my parents. That's mm-hmm. that's my that's mm-hmm. one thing I've noticed when I was growing up. I need to follow them, but mm-hmm. it wasn't an easy task because I was rebellious at some point. So, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. Um, I I would say it's interesting in a way for two things that I heard from this what you're sharing now. First, mm-hmm. your passion for flying. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> you already know it that I was an ex aviation student in a way. Really? Uh, you didn't know that? I didn't. I I, I thought you were from UP. My, yes, uh, before before I entered UP, I was already enrolled in an aviation school in Cebu. In Cebu, yeah. Mm. And then it didn't work out. I I went to UP. Imagine I was just saying I'll end up in UP, but in the end, UP was the best you know experience of at least in your my experience for university. It opened up my horizons. But yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I have I got that passion for flying. Uh, basically, I mean. As because in I already shared this in another podcast with Sunshine, if I remember right. But mm-hmm. uh, when I was in the Boy Scout, I was given this opportunity to ride a bubble helicopter beside the pilot, like a bubble mm-hmm. helicopter, all glass, so beautiful. In Sorsogon, that mm-hmm. was when I was. Uh, we were in high school. I was fourth year high school. Well, everybody's busy there in Leyte High. I was there. I I did that. So I was like. This is what I want to do in life. And later on, I, I, I encourage you to listen to that podcast as well, because in that podcast, we were talking about um, redirection in life, because I did not end up as a pilot, but I redirected to something else, which I became a traveler. So, And also that guest in that podcast, Sunshine, she, she wanted to become a flight attendant for quite a long <laughs> time. Yes, yes. So this is I think, something curious you have to listen to. But that's one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing is about because um, I grew up without really my biological parents, so eventually um, I think I, I I didn't mention this to you, but I grew up with with three grandmothers and three mothers, so I didn't have a father figure. So eventually, yes, I, I could relate to this matriarchal kind of you know <laughs> uh, setup. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of I kind of get how you feel. So now now I think the best. At the next step for this story is I'd like to ask you from that from that transition point of becoming you know eventually becoming the decision maker red winner how how was your character molded what was deep inside you how did you feel about it when you already started from big I mean transition from being a dependent kind of person, a dependent child, eventually, you know, normally, into somebody who is like, okay, I'm, I'm now the decision maker. How did it feel inside of you? What were the changes? You know, what was the metamorphosis experience? <laughs> Actually, it was not more of metamorphosis. It was, I was resistant. Uh-huh. I was I was in denial. I was I was angry. I was angry of 
why is it happening? I, I, I try to be as vivid as possible during that time. Mm -hmm. Because taking a, a responsibility as big as that mm -hmm. wasn't easy, honestly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't easy. Now, um, there were a lot of things that I've been doing. I was just doing it one day at a time. My goal was to ensure that food on the table, mm -hmm. pay the bills, mm -hmm. the rent. We have, mm -hmm. we have, um, I was just really lucky as well, but there was a good support system in, in Manila because of my mm -hmm. relatives from my father's side. But mm -hmm. I was really resistant in terms of taking the full responsibility of a younger sibling at the same time, a father, mm -hmm. my father, mm -hmm. and me making decisions about how complex life will be. There were mm -hmm. a lot of things going on after my mom passed away. So these are really, I'll go back to the emotion of angry, being mm -hmm. angry because I wasn't able to process it. I was, ang I was angry. I feel I was angry, but I wasn't able to release it. I wasn't able to release it. Why I wasn't able to release it? Because I was trying to be as practical as possible. There was, there was being practicality for the reason that I, we need to survive. Mm -hmm. But I was pissed mm -hmm. with the idea that why I'm doing this for yes. God's sake. My, my, my friends are just graduated or perhaps mm -hmm. they plan to pursue. Most of the nurses or the newly li licensed nurses mm -hmm. during that time weren't actually going mm -hmm. or there was an issue being a nurse during that time, 2010. Mm -hmm. So some were pursuing their their their, um, their education like they pursue um, being a lawyer being a doctor or pursuing masteral or doing other things mm -hmm. there was feeling of ang anger i was amused why i'm doing it. my other friends were partying honestly they were partying so me after graduating i i feel like there were a lot of responsibilities that i have to take on my plate my small mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of learnings. I made mistakes along the way. I was, I started to be a control freak mm. as far as with, with my decisions, mm -hmm. as far as with the family that I'd like to support. Right. So whenever I do make decisions in general, mm -hmm. most of the time I ensure the welfare of my family mm -hmm. without considering the other people. Yeah. It was more of being self-centered. Come on, I, I just want to be, I just want to mm -hmm. focus on my family. There was no intention of helping other people, honestly. Just want to ensure that my family will survive. It was more about survivability. So yes. it, how many years? I, I think after my mom passed away, I think it took me like two to three years to ensure that we have a good base in Manila. Mm. I've saved, I managed um, a good sum of money. Through mm -hmm. my small amount of compensation from my work, and then it was just a routine of work, mm -hmm. and then family, taking mm -hmm. care of responsibilities. Um, the turning point again. The turning point um, when I I think when I reached twenty five. Mm -hmm. That was the turning point because I had a midlife crisis. A quarter life, not a midlife. Quarter, quarter life, life. Yes, quarter, right. quarter life crisis because for the longest time, mm -hmm. I was able to 
I was promoted to be a trainer in a in a corporate um, mm-hmm. in a corporate I enjoyed teaching during the time. I didn't know that I liked teaching or sharing my my experiences mm-hmm. or sharing what I know because mm-hmm. I used to be a pro- a process trainer during the time. But mm-hmm. for some reason for some reason I was a let go. They have to let me go. There was mm-hmm. a controversy between the clients and me. Mm-hmm. And I was accused of something mm-hmm. that I know in my heart that I didn't do anything on that. Yeah. But the turning point was not that, that situation, but and and I want to share this to the people who will be listening. Mm-hmm. When when you start to be really vulnerable with the people that you trust, because I was in corporate. Mm-hmm. And then there was an accusation or alleged mm-hmm. something against my name. They used it against me. Mm-hmm. I was so depressed after that. I feel like of all the things that I've accomplished in life at a young age, because that was a fast promotion for, I think for the past two to three years, I was promoted thrice. Mm-hmm. I was being groomed for a trainer supervisor in mm-hmm. a year and um my manager the training manager was really helpful towards my growth but for some reason um she has to let me go mm-hmm. because of it was a client decision mm-hmm. i was so de- going back i was so depressed i questioned uh, if i'm capable of doing still mm-hmm. things that i'll excel mm-hmm. so I went back on scratch, scratch from the bottom again in this corporate world. I started from mm-hmm. from the bottom, and mm-hmm. then I went back, back to the basic compensation package. Mm-hmm. So that was the time that I realized I need an outlet. Mm-hmm. I need an outlet wherein I could freely express myself um, with all the stresses that I have. Stresses, pressure. Mm-hmm expectations from my family from the environment that i am into the work so that's where travel came in it was really an opportunity when my friend i think you know him um he was a classmate of mine in in high school and he's getting married next month so he invited me for a certain travel it was in palawan Mm -hmm. and then i asked him how much would it cost and then he gave me a ballpark amount, but for some reason, it didn't reach that amount. I was really surprised that it could have been less than the amount that I expect. Mm-hmm. So that opened a lot of opportunities for me that, hey, this is a good way of perhaps exploring mm-hmm. um, new ideas, new ideas, new mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Just be with nature. Yeah. Coming up from an introvert kid, Mm-hmm. Shifting to a more outgoing, outdoor type person mm-hmm. when you reach that age. Yes, yes. That, that was it. And it was more of a healing process because there was some unresolved issues, actually. My mm. anger, mm-hmm. my, my grief during the time when my mom passed away, mm. um, my depression um, during the time that... that the people that I trust in corporate um, turned mm. down, accused me of something because mm. you were just honest. Um, you, you shared your life story to them, but they, it was taken against you mm-hmm. because they think that I'm capable of doing that. 
when mm-hmm. I know in my heart that I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really a lot of baggages. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that we, when we, when I when I start investing on myself and started to take care of myself in that aspect, the the outlet was for me to travel actually. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, my reason was, or my excuse was, it would be a form of an escape. Mm-hmm. Probably after a month or perhaps two weeks of hard work or doing mm-hmm. the things that you do in a daily basis, you, you have an escape probably three days or five days. You're out of Manila, you travel. That was really the routine. I've been doing that every month. And um, for some reason, I've been joining. I'm. I would say I'm really thankful with the social media because it created a lot of community groups wherein there were people organizing some travels. Yes. It would be cheaper if I would go with yes. that organizer. You're a joiner. Yeah, I'm a joiner, and then mm. that was also an opportunity for me to manage my finances mm-hmm. at the same time enjoying traveling. Mm. So. It expanded a lot of um, opportunities because I was able to meet a lot of people during my travel. And I'm still connected with them on social media. Amazing. So, yeah, that's the time that I was able to establish, I would say, confidence. The thing, mm-hmm. I just realized when you meet a lot of people or when you are outside of your environment, mm-hmm. this is what I've noticed. People are kinder. People are nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, no one took advantage of, of my innocence of me being unaware of the of the place. I, I, I never experienced that honestly. More often, I was able to experience a lot of good people um, sharing sharing a lot of opportunities. I think it's more about giving me some insights about life in general. Mm-hmm. Some are not nice, some are, well, I would say most of them are good stuff that I was able to bring and carry on whenever I communicate or establish um, conversation with random people. It was mm-hmm. it was liberating. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I was excited every after two weeks that I will be joining to another set of group and then I'll be traveling, I'll be seeing different places. But... I have this me time as well. So just give you a picture. Whenever I, I go out and meet people or travel, I ensure that I have this space mm-hmm. for myself. I always make sure that when I travel, I have this lo- long talk time with set of strangers. And then I'll get out of that circle of people, of strangers, and then I have my me time. I Probably I, I do something differently as long as within the time limit given by the organizer so that was really the routine for more than three years i think and i i think you've noticed that most of my photos were actually travels right and that actually caught the people attention even my Mm. friends in high school they've been asking me are you really working or Mm -hmm. what's Mm. your job yes yes it was it was actually something that keeps me going Mm. with the things that I have or the baggages that I have. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy carrying those baggages, but it was mm-hmm. it was way better 
because of the activities that I've been doing along the way. Okay. Yeah. It was, so, it was easy. Yeah. So, so in a way, um, it it just made me circle back. Really, I mean, your journey is. <laughs> how would I say that? How would I make it more solid? But I think that um, you had this internal struggles, no? That was sort of mm, the impetus for for change, for transformation. Um, and now you mentioned about travel, and, and I would agree to several points that uh, sometimes when you are in the in the crossroads of a lot of things, I would always tell my wife uh, this thing that when I was in high school and I felt like a little bit sad or rude, whatever, I would just ride a jeepney and go three three hours away into a deserted, I mean not a deserted, but a, but a remote area by the beach. Oftentimes I would go to Tolosa or Dulag, these areas. I would be by the beach and just by myself. And sometimes I'm there and I'm alone and I, I just can't understand why, I'm, why I am alone. I sort of understood that I have a sort of introvert side as well. I think I'm still an introvert, but I'm sort of extroverted introvert. Mm -hmm. And initially it feels like an escape. But yeah. I think that travel in a way whether it's a long distance travel, long-term tra travel, in a way, travel educates you. It's Absolutely. just a bait. The, the escape is just a bait. Uh, it's just a bait. But then the moment you get to travel a lot, it's actually a, it's a way of life. So I see it as a way of life. Traveling is a way of life. And the more you travel, the more you get more time alone. This me time you're, you're saying, you get to understand, as I said before in a previous podcast, the noise that is in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Where they are all coming from, how many voices are talking there, and what is your real voice? If, if, you, if you told me that there's this decision maker in you, who is deciding among all of those voices in your head? Who takes the lead? In a way, I was like, this is a scary thing when you realize it that deep inside of you you're not the decision maker but some sort of voice driven by an emotion <laughs> like anger frustration regret yeah, yeah shame all of that it's 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 a it's a journey as well that i think uh i would say this from my experience that those voices they come out it's it's fine, funny because I, I mentioned in another podcast with another writer, I said maybe we are all schizophrenic. But in, in a certain way, there <laughs> is really that <laughs> that kind of voice that you will feel saying in whispering in your ear, in your mind's ears, telling you some things, especially when you are on top of you know, a cliff or um you're on a beach alone or you are out there in swimming in the ocean or so, something like that in my experiences those voices come out i think that oftentimes the noise inside my head would have this you know would have this kind of most of the times in the early stages of my travel it was all complaints complaint to a lot of things 
and I think afterwards it, it's transformed into gratitude. Gratitude, really. It, it's, it's a beautiful feeling when you go into a place and you just feel gratitude. Um, for example, I, just to illustrate to, to our listeners, um, when you go to this island called Sambawan, I don't know if you've been there, but there's Sambawan. an island. No, 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 no. Sambawan. It is in Leyte. Yeah, yeah. Biliran? Ah, yeah, near Biliran. Not okay. In Maripipi. Yes. So you go there at the top of the, there's a hill in that um, island. I think it's one of the most beautiful islands I've been to. There's a hill, uh, and then you can swim from one island to the other. But if you're on top of that island, you see the whole island. It's like snaking in a letter-esque shape. And you're on top of there, and the, the, there's a gush of wind at the top. And you just feel... So, there is no other way to enjoy that moment but to surrender. I, I totally agree. There's no other for, way. For some reason, nature has been a healing part in the process of discovering myself or probably mm. catching those dreams that mm. I left off. Mm. I would like to go back on, because our focus right now is more dream, right? I was mm. angry because I have so much dreams with my life. I've shared this to one of my speaking mm. engagements or I've shared this. But when you're, when the dreams of your mom, when she passed away, you have to carry on and you have to, at some point, put aside your dreams. Mm. That's where the resistance comes in. Mm -hmm. It wasn't easy, honestly. Um, there, the, the, you're, you're trying to be as, as selfless but you're mm -hmm. also trying to be a self-centered in different contexts. Mm -hmm. You want to be selfless because you want to focus more on carrying on the dreams mm -hmm. for the family of your mom when before, I mean, when she passed away, because she told me about this. Interestingly, when my mom passed away, it was a, it was a process that she was aware she was dying and she was endorsing a lot of things to me when she was mm -hmm. hospitalized we were aware that she was dying and mm. when we when we were both aware that she was dying she was mm. delegating those tasks and assuring me that i'll take care of the family mm -hmm. those dreams of her of her for my sister for the family for mine she would like me to do those things mm -hmm. but i have different set of dreams mm -hmm. and it was hard for me to put aside because again I was resistant mm -hmm. and the, that's where the anger was coming in mm -hmm. yes, yes 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 now doing a lot of things for the I think on the first five years when I was 21 or until 25 mm -hmm. I was I think I would I would excel in corporate I was doing I was I I like to believe I was a hard-working employee I normally go to Saturday or Sunday to prepare my materials before the training on Monday. Mm -hmm. I normally do that um, just to ensure everything's well taken care of for my class. I was enjoying it. I didn't know that I have that ability of, like what I've said earlier, mm -hmm. but the process was evolving. Mm -hmm. Sometimes 
I, I get burned out. But all throughout the years that I was promoted, I was really enjoying that experience of sharing what I know. It was, it was again, it was something that empowering. I think that's the right term. It was really empowering to to share what you know, mm-hmm. to see these people be successful in what they're doing with the job that we have. Mm. And then it disappeared. I went back again to the dreams that I need to put because I lost that, that particular job. Mm. And then the latter part of my 20s has been really promising. This is where the turning points. And I would say I am grateful of the people that I've met because I started to be as honest with, with myself and I've shared this to friends who have been honest with me as well and loyal to me. I've mm-hmm. shared my my crisis as mm-hmm. far as work is concerned. Mm-hmm. And they were they were not there was no prejudice. They were really open and listening mm-hmm. to me. And then I began working my ass off again and started, like what I've said, investing in, in my growth. I focused mm-hmm. on my growth. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to be in the finance side of uh, the finance industry so to learn mm-hmm. more about it it was a decision that um i want to be empowered as far as i'll open this another topic mm. money mm. my my perception about money before is it builds someone's confidence when, when you don't have money you don't have value mm-hmm. these, these are my premise before if mm-hmm. you don't have money, please hear me. For those people who will be listening to this, I don't know if I'm shallow, but my my goal was to ensure that I have a good savings fund because my idea was the value of a person is directly related to the to the amount of money or savings that he has mm-hmm. during that time. So I just work and save, and then travel again, um, mm-hmm. gain another perspective or build relationships, friends. And there was some along the way, I don't know what's going on because I keep on, I, I'm the type of person that I want to learn every I'm, I'm every time I, I do things and I feel like I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. There's a level of my my level of enthusiasm dies down. Mm-hmm. If there's no challenge, I'm not really interested in doing it again. So, my yeah. learning is the the challenging it will be. The more that I'll get hooked on that part, mm-hmm. or whatever task that I have on hand, and when it has when it will be routinary, when when I think I know the job is or the task, it started to be boring. Mm-hmm. So that's the time that I decided to have multiple streams of income. At the same time, multiple streams of learning. Because you don't have to have multiple mm-hmm. streams of income if you don't learn as much as you can, right? So I invested a lot of earnings. So this would mm-hmm. focus more on, excuse me, this would focus more on finance, um, they mm-hmm. focus more on investment stocks, mm-hmm. and then I decided to 
focus on the more on the business side, more on how to improve my sales skills. Because mm. again, I'm, I'm not that good in selling. I'm more of an introvert guy. My mm -hmm. energy level dies down again if I'm yes. a group of a large crowd. If we are in this type of conversation, I, I can I can actually continue continue to, to mm -hmm. um, converse. But in a in a bigger crowd, it won't it won't be successful. It would be a different me. <laughs> and I've, I've actually noticed that if I'm in a group of um, ten people or more, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you get drained. Yeah, I get drained. I get mm. drained, and my thought process it's slow. Mm. Yeah, I, get, <laughs> I slow, think so I Yeah, I can um, relate. I get tired e easily, so I I like this idea of um, the podcast. So basically, that's it. The investment portion is more about feeding my learning mm -hmm. and then adding value for myself because my my understanding before is money is connected to the person's value so please bear with me or don't mm -hmm. bash me if if it's no, not it's no. connecting to to their yeah. values but that's entirely yes. my my premise before mm -hmm. so that's it that's it for for the longest i've been doing a lot of things um it has been routinary and then i i moved to a to a job wherein i was in distribution sales it was an eight year long work mm -hmm. and then i just recently resigned last month mm. again there was no remorse mm. i was really excited i was excited for a lot of things now mm. and it's really timing very timely that we have this because going back to the topic about dream catching i think it's it's a process it's a process about um catching those things that you really want in life mm -hmm. it changes along the way uh, our priorities changes but the the motivation of getting that it's the same how, how many figures were you targeting i mean is it six figure to be able to say okay this is enough this More is than that really so how many figures yeah. my, my, i would say seven seven figures all right yeah. is this I, in the currency okay i hope it would be in u.s dollars <laughs> ah, okay so wait a second Categorically, i'm just gonna ask you so you were able to make seven figures already, at least in your lifetime. At some point, yeah, but it, it wasn't consistent because I had to use some fund for personal reason. Right. But I, yes. I reached to that amount, yeah. Good. So yeah. I, I don't know if it's something that I have to share here, um, <laughs> but but that was my my notion before. So yeah. I need to save and work hard, and yeah, yeah. then just just ensure that. Mm. I have yeah. this level of confidence or right. being sufficient yeah. with what I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to shield you from scrutiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I no. This is why it's important to understand where a person comes from, what motivates a person, and why are they doing this. Yeah. Because initially, it's just easy to judge. When somebody would like to say, oh, "I need a, I need seven figures," why? Yeah. 
you know people would right away judge like uh what this this person's greedy why you don't you yeah. don't eventually if, if 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 you are from my perspective like how can i live a million dollars without having a million dollars you know that's that's basically my the premise of how i think and do things you know how can i do a millionaire life how can i make a millionaire's i live a millionaire's lifestyle without having a million dollars and it's possible for me now here you are you're saying that i was targeting seven figures so people would right away judge like hey uh, <laughs> your host there tells us that you don't need a million dollars <laughs> and this guy here you put here you put here a seven figure kind of guy <laughs> and he says yeah and he says that <laughs> your your value is <laughs> is correlated to you know the amount of money that you have but this is the story here the story is survival yes and it's not very it's not really about you know flexing but this is really about living and i i think i understand that that when you're put in a corner <laughs> if eventually you're gonna have to fight it you're gonna have this like a snake in a corner you try to poke it with a stick it will bite people end up in 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 situations like that and the eventuality is they really bite bite and the good thing is when they do the when they do the action it leads to you know this way investment seven figures and whatever so in my head as well as like i stopped i worked in a bank before so i was around people who had really like a lot of money <laughs> yeah and sometimes I, I i would always think like how did they make this then in the end i understood that people put value as you say in money as well it's an emotional thing money yeah. is an emotional thing i always if you ask me what is money for you i would always say it's a magnifying glass it's a magnifier so if for you it magnifies your feeling of worth of importance of self-fulfillment then do it i think there's nothing evil with it if it makes if you are you have ill motives and whatever even if i gas you up with a lot of money it will just magnify you so i think it's really something that's internal you know something that's internal so so that that phrase that if you don't have money you don't have value i see i i it it really it's sort of like it rings in the ears but i think i think there's a level of truth in it and you got to define the story behind it and like okay okay so that's where it comes from investment i just want to clear mm. again that the this premise that i have um again we have different set of experiences in life right yeah um it, it wasn't easy to reach this and um there were a lot of things that had happened in my family that I had to mm. ensure that we have to be sustainable. Mm. Um, I just want to ensure that I'm able to be a, a good provider, even though it, I don't have a family of my own yet. Yeah, because I took that responsibility when I was when I was as young as 21. Mm -hmm. um, you have a lot of plans. But I, there were a lot of people who were really difficult during the process and I will never forget that experiences and I just realized that if I have that ability to be 
to be, I think the term would be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to ensure that I'm able to help other mm-hmm. people in mm-hmm. my own little way, my own mm-hmm. little way. So the 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 value that that I'm these investments are merely because I wanna I wanna ensure that my family my family will be able to avoid the type of difficulty that we had before. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about anxiety again, or we, we mm-hmm. just, I don't want that type of life. Um, I also would like to say that I'm grateful of a lot of opportunities that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, not only money, but the relationships, the quality relationships that I have with my mm-hmm. friends and I would say business partners in general. So these are, like what I said, these are three important things for me as of the moment that's mm-hmm. correlated to the dreams that I really wanted to fulfill. Because if you want mm-hmm. me, if you ask me a lot of dreams, because I, I have this, I'm sorry, get the background. I have <laughs> um, a, a vision board for this year. Mm-hmm. Two of the, two of the um, things that I'd like to do this year has been crossed out, which means I have already accomplished. Ah, what, are nice. those? Mm-hmm. what are those? The first one is work from anywhere work mm-hmm. anywhere because mm-hmm. i used to work from home but there's a chance that we will be going back on site so mm-hmm. i made a decision three months ago actually january mm-hmm. or december to mm-hmm. prepare for my transition moving out of corporate or by any chance we will be in work from site mm-hmm. because it will not be feasible because i live outside of the metro already right now so mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's a one and a, one hour and a half drive from where I used to live in Manila, going to Pampanga. Mm-hmm. So that's not very realistic as far as work is concerned. Yes. So to make it more sustainable, I need to find a job that has the ability to work anywhere. And gladly, mm-hmm. it was the opportunity came from mm-hmm. one of my businesses or one of my other hustles, I would say. Mm-hmm. It was offered to me and then I grabbed it. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was sooner because I was thinking it would be two to three months after I resigned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was really fast. And I'm, I'm glad that I have this open communication with my clients slash friends, what I'm going through, because I've been very honest. My, my goal is to keep my friends and my clients mm-hmm. that they're aware what I'm going through as a person at the same mm-hmm. time, my plans, because I want to ensure that my clients plans or dreams and my dreams will be achieved the same. It's, it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a goal that, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a goal wherein it can be shared, but mm-hmm. both are win-win. So it, it's leaning towards the, the business side, but primarily that's, that's, that's it. And I'm happy that being honest, being, I think the word would be vulnerable, just mm-hmm. being vulnerable and honest to, to your friends. Mm-hmm. One way or another, someone or somewhere will help you along the way. I didn't expect someone would help me eventually, but 
out of the situation or out of the circumstance that I was going through, there were a lot of opportunities really open, and I was mm-hmm. I was really glad that I did it. Mm-hmm. It should have been sooner, but there's a good reason that it had happened right. last month. Yeah. Regarding to working um, remotely, uh, since you said that this is now like the real real deal, uh, so you can work mm-hmm. anywhere. But before you were able to work, you know, at least at home or 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 somewhere offsite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to circle back to travel because I I could see mm-hmm. the sparkle in your eyes when you hear when you talk about travel. Yeah, what yeah, was sure. the the most memorable travel experience that you you experienced? That whenever whenever you want to talk about it, it's like wow. It, you could you're in euphoria what is that experience i think it's more on the the travel that i did in malaysia when i decided to climb um, mount kinabalu because i had that difficulty in serving my my did you go there alone did you go there alone yeah. yes oh nice that was a crazy thing because most of my friends were weren't actually support i would say they weren't they weren't supportive in the sense that there i actually offered this to some hiking friends or mountaineers mm-hmm. i i told them that i'm going to malaysia and this is the plan this is the budget and um mm-hmm. for whatever reason that they have which i deeply respect mm-hmm. i ended up doing it alone um <laughs> if i remember correctly that was around may or june mm-hmm. july i think mm-hmm. but i was a little bit hopeless for the reason that one month before the the climb i mm-hmm. hadn't booked a, a reservation in the hotel on top because uh, yeah. it's a laban rata if i remember correctly laban rata is as soon as you're able to climb to the topmost part of the mountain you have to stay there overnight and then you need to climb going to the to the site to the topmost part Mm-hmm. um early morning so that's oh, a base camp sort yeah, of the base, base camp. camp yeah that's mm-hmm. that's the right term so i was having a hard time so i did my research online and most of the organizers or the people that i've talked to it was expensive it i think the the offer was like nearly 50 to 40. yeah, yeah and yeah. i find it unreasonable it was too much for me but i already have a ticket going mm-hmm. to malaysia my mm-hmm. my my idea is i'm going to malaysia i'm going to climb kinabalu mm-hmm. but i don't know how to do it mm-hmm. the, the 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 reservation i really don't have any idea but i have three months because i, I book a flight three months before mm-hmm. before going mm-hmm. there and my expectation is i was thinking that it would take me two to three months Mm-hmm. for me to prepare but it turned out one month or i think three weeks before my flight when i talked to this agent there was a cancellation of the reservation mm-hmm. and he gave mm-hmm. it to me that was directly from labandrata wherein it's the base mm-hmm. camp hotel so when i got that particular offer i need to pay in the next four hours to ensure i get the reservation that was really mm-hmm. quick Mm-hmm. So I, as soon as I got that um, offer, I was a bit hesitant because I don't, I didn't 
I didn't have any, I would say my, 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 my physical condition wasn't that good. I didn't mm -hmm. hike or I didn't jog. Ah. My, my mindset was I'm going to climb, but I didn't mm -hmm. prepare physically because I was focused more on the accommodation part, mm -hmm. the itinerary, because I haven't fixed it. And I was starting to be really hopeless. Mm -hmm. But this is just funny. When you keep on thinking a lot of, when you start thinking on what you really want, and I think there's truth about this. I mean, every people already uh, manifested or expressed mm -hmm. that the more that you think about things, the more it will be a reality. So I mm -hmm. keep, while working, I've, I've been browsing a lot of, Mm -hmm. a lot of um, stuff or itinerary or blogs related mm -hmm. to the to that place and uh, how am I going to climb so I've been doing that mm -hmm. and um, going back to that situation wherein I had to pay in an instant I just made a payment like after an hour I trans I wired the money mm -hmm. and then as soon as I got the confirmation that I have a reservation in Labangrata the base camp I started um, preparing physically so one of my goals were one of my goals were jog at least um an hour certain mm -hmm. five, five to ten kilometers or walk mm -hmm. within my neighborhood in in manila so that's mm -hmm. that's what i've been doing so i haven't done anything like going to the gym i i, I didn't do that but it was more about long walks and mm -hmm. jogging and um, ensure that I have the correct amount of suit or um, wardrobe for for mm -hmm. the for the plan because I wasn't sure if I'm able to because I'm I'm not really fond of the cold weather. It's a uh -huh. for me. Yeah, so yeah. I'm really scared mm -hmm. that I might not be able to to finish the climb because there was a deadline or I there's a there's a certain time limit that I need to reach before I go to that particular, um, I mean, top, top mm -hmm. most part of the, summit, the mountain. Yes. Yeah, the summit. So it was really, I have been having, I was having doubts. The memorable part wasn't the fact that I was able to reach the summit. Honestly. Mm -hmm. The feeling was euphoric. Yeah, 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 I wish. But it wasn't the memorable part. What? Mm -hmm. The memorable part was the crazy things that I did along the way. The great, a lot of crazy things. For example, yeah. um, I miss, uh, I miss the bus. <laughs> that was crazy. I thought I'm not going to reach to that particular site, mm -hmm. but thankfully I was able to catch a private. Um, I think it was a private. Um, vehicle wherein I just pay an extra amount just to go there yeah. because I was late and then mm -hmm. um, this the the second one would be I thought I was going to die why <laughs> because um, this was not because of the summit uh -huh. because there was a deadline in order uh -huh. for me to the the the, the the routine for the climb is as soon as you reach the Laban Rata or the base camp, mm -hmm. early morning around 2 a.m., you're going to hike, going to the summit. There's a cutoff mm -hmm. that you will be able to reach before 5 a.m. Because they're going to close the gate. If you're going to reach in that gate, yeah. um, you will not be able to go to the summit. Yes. 
I was in a hurry of going to that gate because that's my goal. I need to go to enter that gate so that it will be easier for me to go to the summit. It won't be an issue. I was close to like 15 minutes before it closed, mm-hmm. like 5, 5 o'clock, 5.30 if I'm not mistaken. But mm-hmm. it was really close because I thought I was going to die. Um, that feeling that um, there was a lot of pressure on your ears uh-huh. because I was having yes. that, that feeling and luckily, I have this medicine that I prepared. I bought it like anti. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, if you're going in a altitude. high altitude, yeah. you have to take that medication. I took yeah. two or three. <laughs> I was I was crazy. I took two to three tablets just to ensure that I'm able to cope with the with the height. It was a crazy thing to do. I I don't know if I'm going to finish it or what, but I was mm. just doing it. Mm-hmm. So that was the part that that I would say the crazy thing that the most memorable because it was I think the standard that I realized in my life that if you really want something you have to do it you have to work hard for it I think it sounds cliche but I personally experienced that on that particular time. It's a, <laughs> if I'm not able to go to the summit, that was a waste of thirty-five thousand, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and true. I I just deserved for like thirty thousand, and I told myself, God, I don't have a picture in the summit, and it will. I just lost, I think, like this amount. Mm-hmm. So I was in a hurry of entering that that gate. So basically, the memories was really funny <laughs> of that process. But when I reached the summit, it was weird. Uh-huh. Anything. It was it was euphoric, but. That's mm. it. That's it. Yes. Then, How many meters was this? Kota Kinabalu. Two five, I think. Three thousand four. Let me Google Kota. Or four thousand. Yeah. Meter. It was one of the highest uh, mountains in Southeast Asia. Yeah, I think it is. Ah, oh, it's four thousand ninety-five. Oh my, that's higher than Mount Apo. Like... Yeah, it was what because my goal, my goal, bro, is from from Mount. I'm planning to go to Taiwan and Japan. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was my target. Apparently, mm-hmm. I got sick. I got operated. I got my surgery. So um, uh-huh. that uh-huh. that was a turning point again because I was hesitant of pursuing another crazy ride or crazy yes. hike because that would it might cost my life because that was my experience. I didn't share it to to my friends because they were actually looking at my pictures that I was on top of the summit, but. The yeah. process was really crazy. It was really painful, but I just I just want to do it. I was crazy. I just want to do it. Uh-huh. These are the moments that I'd like to share to a lot of people or a lot of listeners in the future that the crazy things that we do for our lives are the most memorable ones. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. The, the outcome may not be to our liking, mm. but the in if it may not be to our liking but in general the crazy stuff yeah, yeah it yeah. will actually leave an impact in your life decisions yes yes that's it, true. It, you you make would you still continue pursuing this type of travel or hiking yeah. with your physical yeah. condition so it's a yes or no for me so um let's see what's going to happen in the future but <laughs> it's still part of my dream yeah 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 right? it's still that's part good. of my dream I've always wanted to, to experience that from other countries as well. So yeah. 
Oh yes, nice. So I think I I maybe in the future, I don't know if you would be that person, and I'm just saying this out in the universe. But uh, one in my in my dream list, in my bucket list, is really to climb Everest. And I don't know how how I'm going wow. to manifest that, how I'm going to do that. But I have a lead already on on how. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that I will let the universe decide how <laughs> yeah. how to do it because I have kids now. But then again, I think I think it's it's possible. I think there's I I just need to really prepare physically and mentally. I I I watched this documentary of Fourteen Peaks, uh, yes. in Fourteen Peaks in Netflix. It's so yeah. spellbinding. It's beautiful. I was like, yeah, it was really beautiful. It is like, oh, th- this is my man. This is like, oh, this is the guy I want to be. Nims Urja, I, if I remember, it is. Yeah, this he's, guy he's... He was with the Sherpa team, and they climbed yeah. the highest peaks in the in the planet. It's just. I was just it, there it was more, in, it was enjoying everything. Huh? Yes. If, if if I may add, um, yes. it was more about culture related. Yes, yes, yes. Shared because he was the first guy who introduced because he was a Sherpa, right? Yes, he yes, used to yes, be a Sherpa, yes. and then and the the main thing that I like to see. This is one thing that I like to share to our audience or to our listeners. The people who have been supported, our frontliners, those who people who are in the back end. This is something that I like to share to them. We often give recognition to the people, the actors, the main actors, oh, yes. the frontliners, mm-hmm. because that's one thing that I've learned with with that particular um, documentary. Mm-hmm. He have been helping a lot of mountaineers from different countries. Most of them are white guys. Right? Yes, yes. Westerners, yes. Westerners, yeah, in general. But no one actually give credit to the Sherpa. To the Sherpa. And that was, that was one of the things that he was pushing. Yes, To give yes. credit to the support people, to the Sherpa, and mm-hmm. to ensure that they are part of the success of those mountaineers who were able to climb yes, at some yes, point. Yes, yes, yes. They should be given credit because yes, at some yes. point they've helped lead these mountaineers mm-hmm. reach to the top. Yes. And yes. very particular yes. about that. Yeah. Imagine they were able to climb K2, which is basically, I mean, I, I was even saying, because he was saying in the documentary, this is the hardest mountain to climb even harder than Everest, this K2. Yeah. As far as technical systems, right? Yeah, technical. And they were able to traverse, like, really climb within 24 hours because they needed to go intercontinental, move from here and there. And <laughs> I think there was, if I remember right, there was this Croatian climber. She was just shocked because this group of Sherpa and also Nims, they, they just climbed it. They just climbed yeah. it because they needed to. And along the way, you know, it's just like in Everest that you would see people dying, and uh, and he was even this the the main actor Nims was having hallucinations along the way going down, mm-hmm. uh, because of you know uh, sleep deprivation, rest, and you know the body was already taking its toll. But then they had to do it because there was a bigger goal, there was a bigger purpose uh, for doing it, and it was for yeah. for 
for the the prestige of being a sherpa that yeah. that wasn't really rightfully given to them even helping hold the whole world climb the the highest mountain yeah. so for me climbing everest and all of these peaks is really something that is in my heart i don't know how i'm gonna do it i know that i have to do it before 40 <laughs> but oh. i don't know <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely so, definitely. so I'm already thinking about it like oh man how am i gonna do it maybe this podcast will lead me one thing to the other okay let's put it out in the in the universe yeah. and let's say i, I want to climb Everest, but i don't know how so yeah but it's Just, it's, it's it's beautiful it's beautiful it was really a, it was it was a i was impressed of there, there was a lot of things that was shared in this documentary that i could relate to mm. and even in, in my travels i want to focus more about the people who support us along the way mm. we, we we barely noticed them and until we needed help mm. right i'm very particular about that because i used to be a support i've been supporting the success of the business I've been supporting in terms of starting something in a in a certain group, and also I'm asked help people support for my projects. And one of the things that I'd like to bring on the table in this conversation is our dreams will be possible not just by the motivation that we have but the people support and the people surrounding us and always believe that the right people will come along and guide mm -hmm. us push mm -hmm. us to make it a reality yes so that that dream alone catching that dream it takes a lot of people to make it realize for mm -hmm. that person to finally fulfill it yes and yes. i want to give credit on that part because it's you know really essential i think i have i have to do a segue a little with how i climbed mount apo because this, this really was um, this was one of the funniest, craziest things I've done. Uh -huh. um, because first, I went... <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just going to reveal it anyway. So, go, go ahead. so for quite some time when I was in the Philippines, I climbed Mount Apo September 20, 2019. I, no. September, no, 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 wrong, 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 wait, 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 September 19, 2018, okay, I think that's it, that's a correct date, I think, <laughs> anyway, um, I climbed Apo, I know, I, I had a roommate before, way back, the story is like, um, what is this, 2010, 20, 2010, I guess, I had another, I had a roommate in Cebu when I was working in a call center, Mm -hmm. And he climbed Mount Apo just like that, you know, just like that. In the, in the snap there, I made this. Yeah, yeah it was like just out, out of nowhere. Yeah. He, started, he said, I booked, I'm going to climb Mount Apo. <laughs> I was expecting this because we also went to Dumaguete very drunk all together. I mean, this is another side story. But anyway, yeah, he just yeah. climbed to Mount Apo just like that. And I told him, I'm going to climb that too. And he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna climb with you. No problem." You know, he was showing he was showing me this uh, video of him there uh, in Lake Venado. There's a lake at the top, sort uh -huh. of like base camp. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And if you bring a bag of chips, the chip will the the, the bag will really inflate. And uh, I was like, "I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna do this thing." But I don't know how. 
come 2018, um, I, I was already in the Philippines. I came back from Brazil. I already climbed Gran Sasso in, in Italy, in the Apennine. But I wasn't able to climb this mountain, the grandfather of all mountains in the Philippines. It's, 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 it's 3,000 meters, I think 2,900 something meters. I didn't know how to do it. So one day, one of those acquaintances I met in Italy, uh, she said to another acquaintance, uh, another friend, she said that she's going to get married. And she lives in Davao. So I was like, okay. All right. Maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe maybe we're getting there. So uh, I went to Davao to attend this wedding. But in my head, I was already preparing for the journey. Yeah? I was already preparing for the journey. So I'm going to attend the wedding. And then I will find a way to climb that apple without reservation, without anything. So I think a week before that, I was already looking for reservations and they were saying that um, uh, the best time to climb is actually Holy Week. So you are off season, it's rainy, it's all of this, you know, you, it's, it's best if you go with a group. But in the end, I was like, oh no, this is not going to happen. This was only my window of time to climb that mountain and nothing's going to happen. So eventually... From that wedding, I rode a bus going to a surf site in Davao Oriental, if I remember right, in Mati. So I went to this beautiful beach. Uh, and uh, how do you call that? Um, I went to this beautiful surf site with Gatorade colored water. And I was camping there. I was welcomed that, by new friends. Was... Yes? That, that was in Davao, right? Davao yes, 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 yes. Okay. Davao, there's no Davao Oriental, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, I went there and it's a beautiful place. Really one of the beautiful places. So um, I went to, to Mati uh, with another high school friend <laughs> because he was living already in, in that now. area. Yes, after quite a long time. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I we went to this Dahikan Beach. This is mm -hmm. this this place. And the beautiful part is this is another side quest in the story, but I think it's good for sharing. Yeah, yeah. We were there and we were not really able to surf because it wasn't swell season yet, but we were able to drink with fishermen who were singing. <laughs> This is I had it on video. We were able. We were invited by this group of fishermen with a guitar, and we were just playing, singing, having a great time, and there drinking coconut wine. It's one of the best experiences I had. I could never forget this craziness. We were camping there, and suddenly in the evening, um, we stayed in this resort. But then in the in, in another day we had to go back to we had a sort of base camp with this friend older friend of ours he was a teacher in a, in a high school so he welcomed us there and before retiring to sleep i was already planning the next day to go and climb uh mount Hig 
Mount Higatangan or something like that. Wait a second. Let me just. I'm just gonna Google it. This is gonna be a live googling. Mati. That that particular mountain before Mount yes. Apo, that would be your yes yes your, yes. Uh, tune, tune, mount, uh, tuning climb. Yeah yeah. Uh, here Mount Hamigitan. This is a this is a, this is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's one of those rare mountains where if you go to the top, you will be able to see naturally formed bonsai trees. So in the end, wow. you will be like a giant there in Ooh. the summit of this mountain. So I was already enamored, so in love with the idea that, wow, oh, nice, this is nice. Uh, I'm going to go there. And so it was already like midnight. Oh, no, 11 p.m. And then I received a call from my friends in Davao. And they said, we are going to drive tomorrow to the foot of Mount Apo. Would you like to come and take your chances? So right at that moment, at midnight, I had to tell my host, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm going to go and climb Apo. You mean? You know, these people who really support you, I don't know, yeah. for some reason, they, you just met them in that week and then yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, that's really good. You know what? Um, I'm going to get you a van. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be at 4 a.m. I'm going to tell because he is a teacher there, so he knows all yeah, these yeah. people in this uh, municipality. I'm going to get you a van. Uh, you go and sleep. I'll wake you up. You know, I'll wake you up at 3, get your bags, uh, and then you just go. So yeah. I said, all right, this is so surreal. Let's do it. So I packed my bags. I tried to sleep as best I could. The excitement on me. I woke up at four, got into that van, arrived to Davao. And when I arrived to Davao, they said, uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to go later in the afternoon. I thought that it was like right away jump. So you can rest. You can rest and yeah. just take more sleep. So I was like, Okay, that's good. All right. So I slept in this garage of a of a friend's house. I slept there with my bags and it's like, oh my God, this feels like I'm a little boy, you know? And in the afternoon, we drove to the foot of Mount Apo in, um, in Cotabato. In Cotabato. Mm -hmm. And we went into this place where there was a hot spring. It's a beautiful place. There's a pool that is a mix of a river cold water, and then hot spring, all put into one pool. So that was it. Now we were having the night there, drinking. I had no booking, no nothing. So slept. The next morning, no sign of no sign of possibility of climbing Mount Apo. No, nothing. I was almost like in despair that I couldn't. This was not. It, it's not happening. It, right? it was good. It was a good try, but maybe I could not climb the mountain. You know, I was, I was like, yeah. maybe not. So we ate. We had breakfast in this carinderia. Yeah. You know, How like many were little, you? A little cafeteria. It was just three. Three. And then I said, maybe we could take a chance and ask people here if it's possible to even climb the mountain. So we asked the owner of the carinderia. I I asked. Do you know of any guide climbing the mountain? You know, here we're the foot. And this, this guide said, Oh, yes, of course. My son is a guide. Wait, I'm going to call him. Okay. <laughs> so he, the son came and then he said, 
uh, who's gonna climb? How many are you? And both of my friends pointed to me. <laughs> I said, just me. And he said, oh, really? Okay, are, are you really decided to go go up? Uh, I said, yes. Ah, okay, I'm gonna go down back to, to the town, get a permit, yeah. and then tomorrow we climb. So I was like, is this really really happening now? We, yeah, we all look really each other and I said, how much would it be? Oh, it's like a hundred dollars for the permit, etc. Like, yeah. game. All right, okay, game. Okay, let's 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 do this. So my two friends they went back home to Davao, and I I went. I I was there. You pushed to right. Yes. So I was alone now in this resort, mountain resort with a hot spring in a tent. They left me the yeah. tent. They left. I had a ten kilo. Uh, it it yeah. It, I had. Right? backpack it was a 30 liter backpack imagine i'm stupid climbing a mountain with <laughs> anyway and then in the evening somebody knocked went to my tent and said ah sir i just like to orient you and this this is the same person the uh, you know the guide guide and he yeah. was drunk man he smelled like chico <laughs> he was drunk he was going over and over and over and over again with the same damn story. And I'm like, oh, Lord God, am I going to do this? And he said, okay, sir, just, you know, just woke up at 2 a.m. And then we're going to go. And, you know, sir, you just have to wake up at 2 a.m. and we're going to go. Okay, bye. <laughs> and then he comes back to me and says, you just have to wake up at 2 a.m. and we're going to go. And it's like, yes, already I know that already enough. And then that's it. I went with him and he smelled like liquor. He smelled like liquor. I was going to climb the top the the highest mountain, the in, mountain in the Philippines, in the Philippines right? with a drunk yeah. guy. But <laughs> I I could say do not underestimate these people. They he told yeah. me along the way, I've been climbing this since I was seven. And we were installing a sari-sari store on the top of Mount Apo every single year with his mother. Yeah, they yeah. climbed the mountain barefoot. barefoot. This is this is three thousand meters. There's an assault of ninety degrees. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah. There is an assault of ninety degrees that will last for like thirty to forty-five minutes of climbing. That's crazy. I had. <laughs> And 30, 40 liters of shit in my bag. And I'm like, oh, Lord God. Without that guy, I wouldn't be able to climb it. I was panting. I was prepared. I prepared myself two months before this because I was foreseeing that I was going to climb it. Yeah. Almost giving up before that Carinteria twist. And then now, here it is. And he had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> that was a headache because of the high altitude, right? I think it was because of the chico, because of the drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we camped near this lake uh, mm -hmm. at 2,000 meters, 2,500 meters, I guess. And we just stayed there. And then there was this, it, it wasn't a storm, but there was heavy rainfall, heavy rainfall. So we, just, we were just there for like the whole day. And then we decided the next day, we're going to go summit at four. Oh, so it took yeah. you two days, right? Uh, in a total 20 hours yes uh, because i asked him could i summit like straight he said yes but you know what i have a headache <laughs> so i was like okay yeah. okay so 
we were there and there were there a lot of these very endemic plants and berries mm-hmm. and we climbed this mountain we climbed the summit and it was beautiful 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 really and there was a cherry on the top of this experience yeah yes yes uh there's there was a bonus for this experience going down going back going of from this because you there's a lake and you really have to traverse through the lake i mean Mm -hmm. some swampy area but anyway going down um there we saw we saw philippine eagle flying oh nice yes which is a very rare thing to see in the wild so it perched on one tree and then moved to the other and this this guide of mine his name was tata his name is tata Mm -hmm. he told me sir you're one of the very lucky ones it's as if the mountain really welcomed you because the the king of the mountain is here the philippine eagle so we were very quiet just watching from a distance very quiet beautiful majestic creature you should see it in the wild yes so this was really like this was an experience like no other and i wouldn't have imagined that i would have done that even just the two of us this guided me so and from a carinderia i climbed up (laughs) uh... well i'm happy that it had happened Um, i think with all the things that I mean, the universe conspired for it to happen. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Um, that's a good thing about declaring it, and then eventually it will manifest. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I think I'm trying to recall, but I I saw a photo of that part wherein you took a picture of a tent. Yes, yes, and yes. And it was a long caption, if I remember, but I, I yes. couldn't recall what was the caption all about. Yeah, but yeah. I know that you went there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was a great experience. I mean, doing it um, alone with your with with your with your guide. Hmm. Yeah, that that would that would be really interesting. Yes. For most of my climbs, most of my climbs are actually I'm doing solo, solo with the guide uh-huh. and doing it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's I don't it's, know. It's very peculiar because I I really want to to also have um, on the podcast my friend. Uh, mm-hmm. My classmate Dominic Aguilos. He's a professional mm-hmm. climber and photographer. Really? <laughs> it's so funny mm-hmm. because we <laughs> I went to Rizal one time. This was still 2018, 2017. I was just mm-hmm. going around. Uh I climbed <laughs> I climbed my this mountains. It's a mountain range and I already forgot even. Um mm-hmm. to prepare for Apple. And there was this this friend of mine I know is a professional climber. I mean, rock climber, wall climber. Yeah. I've never seen him for years. Really. And I saw I him. Saw, yes, there. elementary, elementary. elementary. And I saw him there at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. Wait. Um, said, I saw him unplanned, yes, right? This is of, unplanned. Of oh. all places that I will see you, I will find you here all right <laughs> it was like well there's no better time to catch up than now so yeah so we had fun uh and I, i'd like him to be here in this podcast but i think i think at this point we're reveling in the high of 
climbing mountain. No? I think uh, that it would also be nice to to uh, touch point on on another thing that is important in traveling, which is the the one you mentioned a moment ago, the quality relationships that you yeah. build along the way. Could you please make us imagine how do you really define these quality relationships? And, and I don't know, what do you think about it? How do you feel about it? Well, when, when, I, when I think of quality relationship, I thought it was more about familial. We're from mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. We are able to grow together as siblings mm-hmm. or we're relatives. Mm. But when you when you establish friendship along the way with, I would say, strangers mm-hmm. with the same interests, mm-hmm. and then you you spend time to do these things, you manage to build a relationship that is beyond the relationship mm-hmm. that you have as far as family is concerned, or it goes yeah. beyond, or it's close to family. I would say yes. So. Quality, I'm a, I, I'm a low-maintenance friend, I would say. <laughs> uh, when I say a low-maintenance friend is, I'm not the type of person who will often call or needs attention. Mm-hmm. But I ensure that whenever I have a catch-up with a friend that I consider, regardless mm-hmm. of how many years that we haven't talked, I make it as um, meaningful. And mm-hmm. um, try to bring back those memories because i've noticed the the things that whenever you catch up the the things that you normally share are the crazy stuff that you've been doing in the past <laughs> that's where you catch up yeah. and it will be a funny story whenever you you, mm-hmm. you discuss that and then eventually you ask what are your plans in general yeah, yeah. and then where are you heading mm. and um let me go back or let me tie this quality relationships to my goals in life mm. right now, where am I at? Going back to the to this cro- crossroad of my career, mm-hmm. let's start with my career. When I was feeling burned out with my eight year job, mm-hmm. and when I expressed this to my friends, I really could, I consulted friends that this is my plan and mm-hmm. I intend to leave eventually. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that my decision was stupid whenever mm-hmm. I talked to them. And they never asked me, are you sure about that? How about how, mm-hmm. how am I going? How are you going to support your family since you're the breadwinner? I never heard that. Mm-hmm. They were just there listening to my thought process. And then, um, like what I've said earlier, prior to this conversation that is recorded, um, the two of my friends were without hesitation, they gave me a job. And I was really surprised of the task because it was close to what I'm doing. And the Mm. compensation package was really better than what I'm getting. Mm. And the only thing that I've asked them in terms of the quality relationship is it comes from the space of trust. Mm -hmm. Because when you trust someone, there's Mm. that level of loyalty. I'm big with loyalty, man. Um, when I, when I reach this age, I've just realized there's a handful of friends that I only have. 
a handful. However, I have more opportunity to build more. Mm. It made sense to me. Though I have a handful of friends from my younger years, it gave me a realization that I still need to build more friends mm-hmm. aligned to my passion, mm-hmm. perhaps for my business, or perhaps just having fun. Um, and um, with the type of job that I have, I'm able to expand that. Mm-hmm. I'm able to expand. And I'm really happy that I'm able to have that quality relationships as far as being being open to what's going on with their lives. Yes. Being part of their life milestones. The, mm-hmm. Just for example, man, um, this friend of mine, Kelvin, you mm-hmm. know Kelvin Alaska, right? I'll, yes. I'll drop the name. <laughs> yes, he's, yes, getting, yes. He's, he's getting married. He's a newly, he's a new lawyer, right? No, he's, he's, he's not a lawyer. Ah, no, he's I not see. a lawyer. He, Kelvin is actually a nurse. Um, yes. His brother. Yes, Kenneth. yes, yes. Okay, okay. Kenneth, yeah. <laughs> Alaska is the older brother of Kelvin. And yeah, he just recently passed the bar. But uh-huh. Kelvin is my classmate. Yes, yes. Our yes, classmate. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, he, he's in, based in, in Europe, actually. He's mm-hmm. based in Europe. And then we talked, we recently talked about his plans of getting married. And it was an exciting part because right now I'm building a good um, network and then I'm, I'm connecting a lot of people. And it's always nice to go back to those people that you knew, knew in childhood, in high school, in college, and sure. be part of their milestones, life milestones. It was, I never asked him to be part of this marriage thing or wedding, but. <laughs> I'm just humbled, and then I'm happy that he considered me to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the wedding or the interage, right? It, it's yes. it's really nice to to see and catch up with friends. Quality as well means to me, going back to the low maintenance. It it comes from the space of regardless of disagreement. Mm-hmm. You can see eye to eye maybe virtually mm. but you're still friends regardless uh-huh. if you don't you don't agree with with that particular idea or, or yeah yeah or principle yeah to be more specific politics mm-hmm. so i'm i'm happy that i'm able to build that mm-hmm. it, it's not easy however it's a process wherein i'm enjoying because i get to know more about about myself what i'm capable of at mm-hmm. the same time, my my imperfections. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in, still in a work in progress as far as commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a big like what I've said earlier. It's something that it's a it's a big word for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still looking forward. Not still. I'm looking forward on that on that moment because it's part of my dream to have my own family. And mm-hmm. whenever someone asks me in my finance industry, what's going to be your, your goal, Carl? Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm going to tie up with this with this value, mm-hmm. with the I'm going to tie up everything. When I was asked by one of my friends who is a manager in the company that I'm working with, mm-hmm. um, the, the the finance industry, 
that I'm affiliated with. What's really the dream that you really want and you're looking forward? Mm. It was really simple, bro. And something that I look forward. It was that opportunity for me that my son or my children will call me in the middle of my work i'm going to fetch them have lunch with them mm -hmm. that's it i mean i will i will actually relay or ask my schedule or my secretary to do the job for me because i want to mm -hmm. spend time with my family or my children mm -hmm. that's the dream that i always look forward now mm -hmm. now it's tied up with the confidence and the value that i have as far as money is concerned Mm -hmm. Because money alone is not for me. Mm -hmm. Money alone is for the people that I really care. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a, I would say it's it's something that will make them valuable to make their life comfortably, mm -hmm. to, to ensure that um, they will have better resources mm -hmm. than I had before. Mm -hmm. Well, basically, that's it. Um, and I'll just connect the travel thing um, because that's the main dream that I have, um, the family that I, I look up to in the future. It's part of my vision, actually. It's a long-term vision. Mm. I look forward to traveling with my family, with my own family, sharing mm. perhaps the learnings that I have acquired, the crazy stuff that I've had along the way. Um, I think that that's basically it. The quality of relationship that you could you could build from friends, from family, and from future <laughs> relationships that um, involves intimacy, yeah, involves parenting, involves probably legacy, yeah, involves. Um, I'm I've no in control. Like, like right now, I have no control of the of their. I have no control of the, the values that their decisions, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I want to ensure that if I'm on that situation in the future, these this dreams that I've perhaps accomplished one at a time, mm -hmm. it may be small to others, but it's really big on my part because I work hard for it. Something that my children will be really proud of for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's basically it. And it's nice to, while I'm working on it, mm. that, that future that I I envision, I'm focusing on the now, the present, mm -hmm. when I, I want to ensure that I'm valuable. Not just the premise that I have the money, mm -hmm. but the value because I'm a person mm -hmm. that, that could attract people in terms of values, in terms of ideology, in terms of how they would like to proceed or make decisions with their life. I think that's one thing that, um, just to give you more example, when, when someone messaged me in the middle of the night, not just about finance, but sharing how she feel about what's going on, she's having anxiety, mm -hmm. my question is, why did this person reach out to me rather than reaching out to another person or a different person? Yeah. What did I do to this person that she or he reached out to me in the middle of the night? Yeah. And it, it's something that I have to be careful and mm -hmm. I have to take care of and nurture mm -hmm. 
that particular yes. trust level of trust that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I'm still get still I'm getting that type of um, scenario, um, but I, I, I'm trying to schedule it because mm-hmm. I, I when you reach this age, you get tired easily. <laughs> So I, I need to manage the time of the availability of these people, my friends, not just friends, acquaintances that I met, met along the way. And it's nice that they see me as something that they could build quality relationship with, something to look forward. Because I think it's a two-way street. Um, it's something that you give and something that you receive eventually, not just directly to the person that you give, but the universe normally give other person to fill in that uh, mindset of abundance. I always believe that. So that's that's all. That's my premise. It it shifted. It shifted from from money to the quality of relationship. Right now, I'm in. It's not really meeting my targets. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, it's more about the people that I bring into the list of clients that I have and the quality of relationship that I have with them. Mm-hmm. Because my goal is to build a, a long-term relationship as far as having my family my own and their family mm-hmm. and spending time together with our children in the future. That, that's, that's, the wow. that's the vision. Wow. Having a family of your own is the danger. Not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you warning me? <laughs> I, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm this fantasy world, bro. It's like a fairy tale for me having a family. Of, I'm going to tell you right away. <laughs> this is much more than climbing for 4,000 meters. <laughs> Dude, if, if, you're, if you're catching your breath, climbing a mountain, oh my God, you're going to need a lot of <laughs> gas to is, survive just this. To, just to make this conversation a little funny. Whenever I talk to my married friends, I always tell them, mm. dude, I'm not married yet, but my hair is, is thinning. <laughs> I, I, I have the issues. If you're going to look at my mm. hair, it's white. There's a lot of white mm. and it's thinning. Mm. Um, they, they keep on throwing jokes on that part, but I'm really yeah. open to them. I'm very honest yes, with them yes, about yes. that part. And they keep on telling me, so that will be your KPI. You have to ensure. <laughs> Before it, your hair runs, <laughs> yes. Before your hair runs out, you have to get married or have children. Yeah. I told them, fine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the crazy part. <sighs> but no rush. I mean, I, I would say this really, don't rush. <laughs> yeah. Because what you're imagining is yeah. totally different. It's so different. Uh, every single husband, married person I met, they would always say, "Wow, <laughs> hold, hold my beer." <laughs> that's the that's the whole thing, <laughs> encapsulated yeah. in one phrase. <laughs> but it's fun. It's really fun. Um, you can make it fun. It is fun, and I think uh, that you you we are lucky for for the type of, i mean for being travelers because mm-hmm. i think that at traveling is also education preparatory for bigger commitments in life like marriage um i try <laughs> if, if if you do not know who you are 
if you do not know who you are entering a commitment, whatever yeah, it is, specifically marriage, if you do not know who you are, what is your voice, who is your, what's your identity, what are your limits, um, what can you give away, man, it's going to kill you. It's, it's, it's hard. It's going to be hard. But then yeah. if, you're, if you're a traveler, a real one, I don't know how many how other what other ed- type of education you would need but for me the one I in my experience is traveling when you are late when you don't uh, when you are off boarded a plane when you are hungry when you forgot your keys <laughs> when you forgot your IDs all of these things or just by plane stupidity you stumble in <laughs> something yeah all of those things are actually preparatory for bigger stuff because in exactly. in in family life wow well, there're just a lot that you could say wow good thing i experienced this in when i was traveling here and there because yeah this is this is it's not cakewalk but it's in a way you are emotionally prepared in a way there's not really some there are a lot more things i would say the things that you are prepared um for you know that you're being prepared over groomed for is just let's just say five percent of the whole picture all the rest is just surprise but i think the discipline and the, <laughs> the attitude is something that is essential <laughs> but that's a, i think yeah. yeah but i think yes i i think i think it's it's this is how it all wraps up um at least for for this whole discussion you know i'm so happy that the person who was selling me coconuts before. No. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to, if by chance in the future I, I go south, right? Because uh-huh. if I, I don't know how it's called, Dakaburan, right? Yes, yes, I, yes. I, I'm really skilled on that greater. one. Yeah. Greater, right? Yeah. That, the, the machine, not the, the manual yes. one. Because yeah. it's really hard. You get. That's I mean, true. you get wounded, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a matter of skill. I, I learned, yeah, yeah. I was hesitant of learning that before, mm-hmm. but for the reason that I need to help my, my family, right? So yes, I yes, have yes. to learn that, that yes. the hard way, perhaps. But yes, yes. I want to go back to that experience in the future, maybe as soon as yeah. I I go south. I, I'm planning to go, to, not planning. Yeah. I already booked a, a mm. ticket to, to Cebu um, by July. Yeah. So yeah. if by chance I, I get hold on that, or yeah. I'll try to do that. Something to look forward. That's uh, you, you just put it back to my memories now. So so the reason why I go to your store really is to have it quick, you know. If yeah. people just decided to bring some food that needed to be cooked quick quick, we have to go and have the coconut grated and get the milk. And there's no other way because we had the manual one to grate. We, have, we actually have it at home. We had the manual one, but it would take longer. So mm-hmm. for, for just going to your store, it's just a stone's throw away. Yeah, it's much easier. So, but I don't know where that is because I think it was swept by the storm. I mean, the one in our house, the manual mm-hmm. kaguran we call it in Warren. Yeah, kaguran. yeah, kaguran, yeah. It's. I think I. I don't know if I get back home, I would try to look for that thing. I think That's that would a, be a good. Uh, that would be a good thumbnail. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. That would be the 
part uh, of our conversation. Dreamcatcher with the uh, pretty specific. It, it is, I would say, truly really humbling because <laughs> I learn a lot of things in 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 selling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I would say, I'm a palenque boy, market boy. Mm-hmm. I'm exposed yeah, yes. to trade. Yes, trade. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I grew up in the streets. Streets yes. in a way that I am. I've been selling stuff. Yeah. For for some reason, I I didn't know that I'm already selling. So it's mm-hmm. been part of my nature growing yeah. up. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't difficult when shifting yeah. to this industry. Different products, but it's still selling. Yeah, so. something to to look forward. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's I'm I'm happy that we were able to catch up because I know I didn't know that we have like a lot of things in common. <laughs> to be honest, really? did, yes, did, yes. Did I, I, did I hear I, anything similar to, to your I, plans? There or? are a lot. I, I I grew up in the market too. We you know we had a carinderia and we had a vegetable store in the Tacloban okay. supermarket before. Okay. And yeah, this thing I I was always thinking before I started. I mean, inviting you. What is it that was common? Well, first I go to their side store, and then you start thinking <laughs> you wanted to become a, you know, you had fancy for flying and all that. But it's really nice. I also love dogs because for our audience, there's a dog party. <laughs> exactly. I also love dogs like a lot. <laughs> but yes, thank you. I think we're gonna have to wrap here because wow, we had a very long conversation. An hour. I didn't notice. It's only close two hours, right? I told you we can reach two hours. But then, yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. On a final note, I'd like to ask where can people find you online if they'd like to, you know, connect with you for, I don't know, for a lot of things after they've listened to this podcast? Well, basically, I have a Facebook page wherein it's primarily Mm. more on my business side. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of Facebook are are most of them are my clients, but the the Carl that that I've shared here mm-hmm. in this podcast is in my Instagram. Ah, all right. Because that would be the uh, my my soul. Mm-hmm. That that would be it, it's a selected pictures, but the mm-hmm. captions would represent how I feel, mm-hmm. how how I think. In what I value, those are simple things that I find, um, yes. but it's really memorable to me. So there are stories behind those pictures, mm-hmm. but um, those stories are meant to be savored in my memory. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the best part. Why I'm Instagram, I place a picture because it, I want to be reminded that there was a crazy thing that had happened there mm-hmm. on that particular um, picture. So. For people to connect with me, they just have to look for my name, Carl Ian Rosario, in Facebook or probably in Instagram, Carl Ian eight eight eight. All right. But um, normally I, I'm just around. Um, very, I, I like conversations. I think that's the best part, and um, whether it's trivial or whether it's mm-hmm. polarizing, I, I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. Good. So um, as long as we're both of us will be open of listening to each other and learning yeah. from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's nice. something to look forward. That's nice. All right. So I guess this is it. Um, I'm going to just throw a link, which is easier to look for Carl 
Thank you. Not sure how I'm going to technically how I'm going to technically approach it, but you can go to t tdc dot quest that's tdc dot quest slash k-a-r-l carl so i'm gonna i'm gonna dump most of the stuff um for carl i mean that we have on this podcast there maybe the show notes and everything so this is just a quick link for anybody who's listening and that's it uh, thank you so much carl i really had a nice time um no, rediscovering no, some <laughs> side of you <laughs> the new side yeah, of you. That- yeah, yeah. The other side, in a, man, the, the, this this call, right? I mean, this this um podcast. They didn't know that we, it took like an hour before we we had almost three hours, right? Yeah. Almost three hours. Yeah, it's three hours now because of the technical problem we had before the recording. Yeah. Yes. That that was, that was really fun. I had a great time, man. I just also realized a lot of things with the questions that you raised to me. Yeah. Um, yes something to look forward something to share and to post perhaps yes 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 i'm, I'm gonna tell you the moment I, I i'm finished producing this uh yeah. because yeah people people might not know but i need to produce it I clean it a little and then you know, prepare it. but anyway i think that's it Just, carl thank you yeah, so much Maraming salamat. you're welcome <laughs> I'm so happy that So, I'm going to stop the recording now and have a nice day. Uh, take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dreamcatcher Quest. We hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, we'd appreciate it so much if you could rate and review this episode in your preferred podcast player. For more episodes, check out our website at www.dreamcatcher.quest.